All right, let's jump in. Here we go. The text for today's message on the gifts of the Holy Spirit is 1 Peter 4. Stay seated, but I do want you to read it out loud with me. Find a screen, and we have two verses. Peter gave us everything he wanted to say about gifts in two verses. Paul wrote whole chapters. Okay, so Peter is not near the prolific writer about anything as much as Paul is. So we're going to start with Peter, and then we're going to end up in Paul. Read out loud with me. Here we go. God has given each of you a what? A gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Serve one another. Verse 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. That's Peter. This is it. Whatever you do, do it to glorify God. So there's a real ground truth there that we want to start this with this morning. I have one thing I want to bring to you. It's like a chorus in a song. We'll bring it back again and again through the message this morning. Read it out loud with me, please. Here we go. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to us by the Spirit for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, building up the body, and helping each other. One more time, say it like you mean it. Here we go. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to us by the Spirit for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, building up the body, and helping each other. If you would, bow your hearts with me, and let's pray this morning. Father, we come before you today, and our hearts are open. Draw us to you. Help us to hunger after you. Jesus, you said in the Gospels, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Make us hungry and thirsty for you, Father. Lord, we thank you that as we cry out, Lord, in that most basic of human needs and hunger and thirst, that you'll see that spiritually and you will fill us, fill us with your Holy Spirit, empower us to do and to be what you've called us to do and be. Forgive us for living our lives all week long as practical atheists, just going along, doing everything in our own strength and forgetting to even stop and say, help me, Holy Spirit. You've come alongside me to guide me and you live inside me to lead me. Do that today. Holy Spirit, do what you do best. Come alongside me today as I speak. Come alongside your people as they listen and be the ears in our hearts. Open us, O oh God, and illuminate by your presence. Shine a light. Turn on a light, O oh God, so that understanding might come, that we can perceive and Lord, we can be convicted and changed and challenged and strengthened and comforted and healed. We're careful to acknowledge that we can't do anything. God, I just say right now I can't do anything apart from you, and I know that. I'm nothing without you. But God, because of the Holy Spirit who lives inside me, I thank you that I'm not apart from you. And through Christ, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through your presence, I can do everything that you've called me to do and be and say. And I ask you today, to just be who you are in my words, in the thoughts of your people, in their reception, and in the rest of this service. We, we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to us by the Spirit for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, building up the body, and helping each other. 
1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11 is where I want to turn today because we're going to be talking about nine power gifts. Now, Paul gives us several lists of gifts, and they're a little bit different in nature in each list. Romans 12 gives us what we call the motivational gifts. You have things listed like leadership and exhortation and hospitality. And there's others that are listed there. Ephesians chapter 4 are what we call the Doma gifts or the office gifts that we stand in in terms of a calling of God to lead the body of Christ. The bread of heaven descended to us to feed the nations and he ascended back to heaven and then he broke himself as the loaf of God into five loaves and he says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors and teachers. We call that the five-fold ministry. Those are gifts that are given to those who are called specifically to lead churches or to equip the body of Christ to become what uh, he is, she is to be as the bride of Christ uh, to the nations, to minister to the hurting, to walk and minister out of a spirit of love, to be equipped and appointed and anointed to be the answer, to literally be the presence of Christ in the world. Because the church of Jesus Christ is the ongoing incarnation of Christ in the world. We are called the body of Christ. And so as we are called the body of Christ, we have Him resident in us. He is the residing one. And last week as I shared in the message, what I want you to do is begin to let this series challenge you to not live like a practical atheist and just forget of this resident that you're carrying with you, this, this, this infinite power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and let the resident become the president in your life. Let the residing one become the presiding one. Let The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. And actually in the Greek it says it this way, where the... Spirit is Lord, where the Spirit is Lord. In other words, where the Spirit is boss, where the Spirit is calling the shots, where the residing one has been given the presiding position, where the resident has become the president. Let the Spirit of God call the shots in your life. We see a, a beautiful external demonstration how God led the children of Israel through the, Egypt, uh, through, through the wilderness out of, after they were delivered out of Egypt by this, this, this visible cloud of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And so literally as the cloud moved, they would pick up camp and move with it because it was a physical GPS tracking system. But as a New Testament Christian, the cloud has moved inside and too often we're walking around with a GPS system. It's like this. A whole lot of your cars are equipped with the ability to help you find where you're trying to get to. But it would be like you not turning the thing on and just riding around aimlessly for hours trying to find a location when all you have to do is just lean into the ability that the car is equipped with to get you to your destiny or your destination. Come on, somebody, help me preach a little bit in this room. Well, when, when God gave you this vehicle in which your spirit is carried around, uh, this, this earth suit, 
He didn't just give you the basic model. He gave you everything you needed. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 that you've already been given in Christ all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You've got a GPS tracking system on the inside of you. Have you turned it on? Have you plugged it in? Are you saying to the Lord, help me, lead me, guide me, Holy Spirit? That's something to think about. Because we regularly get in the habit of just sort of just making it through life because we, we, let's face it, we can make it through life without praying. And, and sometimes, uh, help me Holy Spirit, when I, when I hear, I just nearly want to slap folk when they say, well, you know, we've tried everything else. I guess it's time to pray. And I just want to go, you mean to tell me you've been through all of this and you, hadn't, you ought to have done that first? What, what if we would just actually be faithful followers of Jesus and, and just say, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Because that's what Jesus said. I'm going to send you another helper. I'm going to send you a counselor, a comforter, a, a parakletos, one who will come and walk alongside you and help you in your struggles, help you in your weaknesses, help you in your infirmities, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says. Don't know how to pray? Guess what? You've got the Holy Spirit that's praying for you even when you don't even know how to pray as you ought to pray, is what the King James says. And so these nine gifts are power gifts that are for everybody in this room. Now, everybody in the room is not an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. Those are unique and very specific. But these nine power gifts are available to anybody who has the residing one in there. Have you been born again? Guess what? The Holy Spirit is in you. You don't need to go back and have a second blessing. You just need to just open up and say, Father, thank you that you live inside me. Listen to this verse. And I, I know I need to get to my text here, but listen to Colossians 2.3. The Bible says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, if, 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 God, if Jesus knows everything, if, if in the Holy Spirit, if there is this infinite resource of everything that can be known about all of creation and it's in Christ and Christ is in you, what if you just stop long enough to say, God, help me to access what I already know down on the inside of my knower? Now, I don't know it in my own thinking, but I have the mind of Christ inside of me and I can do what Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also, in, allow it to be. Let it. Look at your name and say, let it. All right, nine power gifts. Let's get it. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same, everybody say the same Spirit... The same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve what? Say it, the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the, say it, the same God who does the work in all of us. Are you seeing kind of a repeating theme here? All right. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can, say it, help each other. Verse 8, to one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit, lowercase s. 
You know, when you're hearing something, you need to, 1 John 4 says, Beloved, test the spirits. Try every spirit, see if it be of God. Okay, you, you want to have your feelers out there. You want to pay attention to, maybe you call it a gut feeling, but guess who's living in your gut now? Everybody say the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's a nudge. Maybe it's an impression. Maybe something told you. Well, you need to learn to pay attention to that. If you are leaning into the Holy Spirit who is leading your life, somebody say amen. Miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Greek word glossolalia. Uh, King James says tongues. Okay. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Last verse, verse 11. It is, one and the, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. All right, so we've got that under our belt. I want to give you some principles really quickly. We're going to roll. Okay, so stay with me. It's not about having to take notes. We didn't put any blanks in there, so you've got to dot I's and cross T's. Everything I'm saying is right in front of you, so I really want you just to listen and get the spirit of this. Okay? Bible principles that we want to exegete. That's kind of a seminary term for drawing out. We want to draw out the truth that we see in each of these verses. Number one, God's desire is understanding. God's desire is understanding. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. How many of you know you can have a vision, a dream for your life, uh, and it can be a big picture and it can be glorious, but until God gives you understanding and you start to see Ladder steps are goals that you can accomplish on the way to seeing the big picture fulfilled. Until you begin to break it down like that, you don't have understanding yet. Understanding comes when you can, when you can figure out how to, like an algebra class, and you're, you're finding the variables and you're plugging in the numbers and all of a sudden a light comes on. And, and so maybe that's not a good analogy. Maybe some of you struggle in algebra. Um, maybe some of you, it's been too long ago to even remember what algebra is. Maybe some of you go, yeah, that thing that I took and I never have used the rest of my life. <laughs> I remember, I remember thinking that when I was in high school and I said, you know, I'm going to be a musician and a preacher. I, I don't have to know the Pythagorean theorem. I don't need to know that A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And they said, well, you know, it's not so much about going into something where it's going to be trigonometrical or whether it's going to be physics related. But if you'll just see that this is here to help teach you how to think because you're balancing equations. And when, when I got that, the light dawned. And I said, okay, let's, I think I can do this. And something happened. And I, and I prayed. And do you, this wasn't in my first message, but do you know I ended up getting the award that year for having the highest grade point in the algebra class? That's the truth. God's my witness. I am not lying or I'm dying. God wants to give you understanding. He wants to help you have a breakthrough. He wants to give you a vision and a clear picture and clarity and understanding for the steps that you're taking in your life, for an important decision, who will be your wife, kind of business you're going to go into, what you're going to study when you get to college, having strength to be able to finish what you started. Oh, my God in heaven, help us, because so many people fall off the cart and quit right before it's, you know, because they get tired or they get worn out. And so I just, I'm praying for a little bit, of, little bit of breath and the wind of God to blow through you this morning and strengthen some of you because you're right there at that point of, of, of breakthrough and it's not time to quit. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't no time to quit. 
Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Now, King James says it this way. He says, now, brothers, concerning spiritual gifts, I would have you not be ignorant. Ignorant. Now, let me, let me tell you how we say it. That's a put down in the South. You, you're just ignorant. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with being ignorant? Ignorant is not stupid. There's a difference in ignorant and stupid. Stupid is willful. Matter of fact, there's a Greek word for that. It's called idiotes. You see the English word idiot there. There's one thing to be willfully uninformed. But how many of you know there's, it's, it's, not, it's not sinful to be ignorant? It's the Greek word agnoeo. How many of you know Jesus said one of his famous statements on the cross when he spread out his arms and he said, Father, forgive them for what? They don't know. Agnoeo. So Paul is writing and he says, Brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want there to be confusion. I don't want there to be misunderstanding. I want there to be clarity. God is not the author of confusion, as he says in this very same book, the Apostle Paul. And so God's desire is understanding. Number two, put past experiences in proper perspective. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. Now, I, I, I tell you this, I, I grew up a Pentecostal. And man, I, it was a classical Pentecostal. It was a hardline Pentecostal. It was five-hour services juking Pentecostal. I'm not making fun. I'm grateful for what I went through. I'm grateful for what I learned, and there's a whole lot that I brought with me, but there's some things that God caused me to grow in a different direction. And so I want to tell you this morning that maybe if you've had a bad experience and you've seen people do things that you just knew that it wasn't, the Lord didn't have anything to do with it, doesn't mean that you quit going back to or quit being open to learning what the Holy Spirit is all about in your life. I mean, come on, everybody in the room's probably been in a car accident, but you didn't quit driving a car because you were. Are, are, are you hearing me this morning? Everybody in the room has had a bad experience in some kind of way or another, but it doesn't mean that you gave up on what you were doing, whether it was using a power tool or whether it was driving an automobile or taking a class or whatever. Just because something failed once doesn't mean you quit. And so this morning, I just want to say, let's put our past experiences in proper perspective. And let me just say this. I, I've grown up playing for evangelists and, and, and did the whole tent meeting thing. I was 14 and traveling America with a couple of different evangelists. And, and man, I've seen folk roll in the sawdust. I've seen stuff. I've seen everything. I've seen everything. I saw a guy slap a woman and her wig went flying one day. And I just thought, that's not the Holy Ghost. You have to put stuff in proper perspective. I, I was in a service one time and a young guy was just real exuberant and he just got all excited and fired up and he, he was just, just so feeling the Spirit of God that he reared back and did like this and his fist broke the nose of the person standing next to him and the blood went splattering and it's like, oh my gosh. And it's kind of funny now when you tell it, but man, it wasn't funny when it happened. And you know, that wasn't the Holy Spirit that did that. Folk have to learn how to be, what did, what did Paul say? Do everything decently and in order. Now, when, when you really begin to sense the moving and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I was over there on the B3 this morning and just, 
I mean, I was restrained. Some of you might go, was that what you call restrained? And I mean, I was kind of rocking and man, man, this, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this praise and worship and just loving it. And so what I want to do is show you, demonstrate for you how we can have a culture that honors the, the power and the presence of God. Because there are plenty of churches, and I want to say this this morning, I don't want to offend anybody, but there are places that are meeting that everybody's there except the Holy Ghost. And I don't want to have that. I don't, I don't want to go through the motions because if that's what it's going to be, y'all meet me at the country club. Let's have a good lunch today. Let's don't play games. If, if we're not going to really trust God and say, God, show up in this place and God, change my heart and God, grow me up and God, teach me so I'm not ignorant. Give me understanding. And at the same time, be able to put my past experiences in a proper perspective and not let them hold me back. Can I have an amen from somebody? When the Spirit speaks, number three, he will always magnify Jesus. This thing is never about raising somebody's attention or glorifying flesh or somebody's gift. Somebody said, actually it was C.S. Lewis that said, the perfect service is one where the service is not even noticed, that you're just so drawn into the Spirit and the presence of God. That's my heart, is to see people so captivated by the presence of the Holy Spirit in this room. When you come in here, that it's not about what I say or how we sing or any of that stuff, but it's just what you, what you touch as the body of Christ collectively when we gather on Sunday morning on our Christian Shabbat and we say, God, we begin this week in rest because of your finished work today. Anoint us, appoint us, and strengthen us, empower us by the Holy Spirit to do what we're called to do this week and not march into the week as a practical atheist, leaving God out of the equation. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So anytime the Spirit is speaking, it's always going to be glorifying God and speaking to and applying the will of God to the lives of individual believers and local churches. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to us by the Spirit, capital S, for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, building up the body, and helping each other. That's our one thing, remember? Number four, there's a variety of gifts, but a common source. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, the scripture says, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Everybody in the room doesn't have the same gift. And God did that on purpose in order to create a system of interdependence. After I did the first service, I pulled two brothers aside. One on our lead team was Pastor Jeremy and another brother here in the house. Who, whom I respect, and it wasn't that I deliberately went after them. They happened to be in the main office together, and I just said, brothers, do I need to adjust anything? You heard what I said. Do I need to say it differently in the next service? And they said, no. And I said, okay, now don't, don't shellac me here. Don't, don't varnish it. Tell me the truth. If there's something, they said, no, no, it's great. Thank you. I really learned from that as much as I did what you taught. And I said, thank you. I appreciate that. So no matter how great any of our gifts are, don't ever have so much pride that you won't let somebody else constructively help you how you might do a better job saying things. Because sometimes I, I, I get my mouth in gear before my mind's even in motion, okay? Or my, my mouth in motion before my mind's in gear, whatever it is. You, you know what I mean. Number five, different methods serve the same Lord. We do things 
sometimes uniquely here at Victory, differently than maybe your previous church experience. And that's okay. There is a distinction. And we do things on purpose differently because we feel like God has instructed us to do it that way in order to reach the delta. Because God is not redundant. God does not stutter. God does not hiccup. If every one of us are going to be identical in terms of all of our churches, then we have just have this little cookie cutter thing where everybody's all the same. But God's not called every church to be just identical to the other. And that's part of the beauty of the body of Christ. We're all unique and we're different. And just like individuals in this room are all different. And you have different methods and different serving gifts and different motivational gifts and different spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those special abilities that God has given you to glorify Jesus and build up the body and to help each other. We, we, we can't think that my gift is better than yours. And I don't look down the seat that I'm sitting on down the aisle and go, my gift is not as good as theirs because we need all of your gifts. Somebody says, I'm not gifted. Oh, don't tell me that nonsense. If the Holy Ghost is resident inside of you, you have gifts that you might not be aware of yet and they haven't been activated yet. Am I at the right church this morning? Different methods serve the same Lord. That's why we have different serve teams because everybody's not gifted in the same way. You know what? We, we, we love you and realize that you're a born-again believer, but when you can honestly say, I don't like kids, we won't put you in the children's ministry. Because <laughs> guess what? It's not even a put-down. Hey, that's not your gift. Hey, isn't that great? Now, now don't, don't come up with a comeback and go, no, that's not my gift. <laughs> that's too easy a cop-out. Are you serving somewhere? You have a gift to serve somewhere. Don't just, don't just be all AWOL, absent without leave here. You need to be plugged in. You need to be spiritually employed in the body of Christ. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good this morning. Number six. Some of you looked at this and went, oh my gosh, we'll be here till 3 o'clock. He has nine points in this thing. <laughs> moving fast. Everybody say, moving fast. Number six, the same God works uniquely in each of us. God works in different ways because it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Just like there are no two snowflakes alike, there are no two fingerprints in this room that are identical. You might be able to search the world and find your doppelganger. You know that word where somebody who looks like you, mine personally is George Clooney. I said that as a joke in the last service, and somebody came up and said, no, it's Kenny Rogers. And I said, okay, I'll take that. But I'll take it before he got stretched, and I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me. Oh, stop the parade in the name of Jesus. I'm moving on, moving on. I'm just going to take it a step and getting out of the boat. Here we go. Number seven, the purpose of your gift is to help others. It's not attention-seeking. It's not going, hey, look at me and my gift. <laughs> but it's just to help people. And sometimes the best help you can give is quietly in a corner that nobody sees. But you bring your gift of exhortation and you stir up somebody who's hopeless in a moment. Or you encourage and you're a cheerleader and you comfort and come alongside somebody who needs to have an encouraging word in their lives. Come on, are you called to be a cheerleader? Get your pom-poms in the Holy Ghost and start cheering somebody. Now, I don't mean that literally now, okay? <laughs> Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to us by the Spirit for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, building up the body, and helping each other. 
Two points and I'm done. Look at your neighbor and say, I can't believe it. Nine gifts in three categories. We have nine pneumaticos, spirituals. Greek word is pneumaticos. If you look in the King James, the word gifts is in italics. That means that the translators have added that, superimposed that, in order to help you understand that these spirituals, these pneuma, you hear wind, breath, or spirit, these pneumaticos, these expressions of God's spirit, these manifestations of God's spirit, these gifts of God's spirit is what he's saying. He, I've given you these gifts, okay? He said they have a purpose. So he begins to tell us now in verse 8, to, the, to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, that's the same thing in your King James that says a word of wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. And I am not going to chase the rabbit to break that down because I'm going to devote the next three weeks to what you're going to see in a chart in just a moment. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. God will uniquely bring something to your understanding that you otherwise didn't have the ability to know. I'm going to tell a whole lot of stories after 40 plus years of ministry and how God's dropped things into my heart and shown me things and, and helped me to help people because that's what it's for. It's not to get on TV and have a $100 prayer line and go, I'll give you a word from God if you give me $1,000. Amen. It's to help people. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the capital S, spirit of God, or from another spirit, lowercase s. And that's where you have to try the spirits and see if they be of God. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, three categories, if you would. This is in your notes, and I just want you to see this. There are three gifts that logically fall into the line of knowing, three that fall into the line of speaking, three that fall into the line of doing. These knowing gifts deal with thought, because God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. I do not have the ability to think the thoughts of God because His understanding is infinite, mine is finite. His is unlimited, mine is tiny and fragmented. But when I lean into the Holy Spirit who knows all things, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Him, and I say, okay, it's like having... I bought some Bible software years ago and spent a chunk of change for it. Now you can get it free on the internet. This is when computers were first coming out, and I had all this really high dollar. It was like $499 for this Bible software. It didn't come with a translation that I wanted, and so I called the people, and I said, you know, why don't you guys put, uh, let's just say the NIV. I don't remember what it was at the time, and they said, well, it's actually already on there. You have to buy it. Well, that kind of ticked me off because I already have the CD with it right there. It's resident. I just can't access it. And so I had to give them a credit card for $19.99. And when I did, they gave me the code. And all of a sudden, that translation was unlocked. It was right there all the time. Now, I'm preaching real good. There's an illustration I want you to see here. Sometimes what you don't realize is that you have a CD in the Holy Ghost that's already full. And this is so dated. The third CDs are 30 years ago. 
But you already have on the inside of you everything you already need, but sometimes you have to pay a little something. That is, spend some time in prayer and exert your faith a little bit and say, God, I thank you for the code that's going to unlock this knowledge that I need to get a hold of because it's already there on the inside of me and I thank you that you're going to give me, some of you call it a gut feeling, some of you call it a nudge, some of you call it an impression of the Holy Spirit or something told me. doesn't matter what it is, but just learn to pay attention. If you're a born-again believer and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, pay attention to what you're hearing and thinking and feeling because he's doing that trying to get your attention and you're saying, God, give me a sign and he's literally nearly screaming at you. Are you hearing me this morning? So when we look to him, he will give us wisdom to handle a situation, knowledge that will be the key to unlock discerning of spirits so we can be able to accurately know the motivation behind someone. And when I can learn to think, now these are in part. These are not full. God's knowledge is fullness. Mine is in part. But he will once in a while pull the curtain back and let a little ray of light from his throne shine in and he'll send me just a little snippet of something. And, and, and I will go, okay, yes, I got that. Illumination has come and dawned in my thinking. And when I can begin to think that thought accurately and the word supports it, I always go to the word and judge. Is this biblical? Is this biblical? Then once I'm thinking the thoughts after God, I can begin to speak the words of God. I now have faith inside of me to speak to the mountain that will move it out of my way. Are you, are you guys following me this morning? And so there are three speaking gifts, and then finally there are three doing gifts. Faith, gifts of healings, a plural on both of those. I left the S off of healing. It should be healings in the original. And then miracles. Do you believe in miracles? I absolutely, honest to God, believe in miracles. I, I can give you so many stories and testimonies we were in a service where I was the worship leader in a church in North Carolina, and we had an extended time of worship. And honestly, I, I never saw a visible cloud in the room, but it was something so thick that sat down on that congregation, and there was a half a dozen people got healed in that room. A woman had leukemia, and she went to the doctor that week, and she said, I just believe I'm healed. And you know, they checked her and couldn't find it. It had disappeared. Nobody laid hands on her. No person... No man, no evangelist, no TV person taking up $1,000 offerings for this or that or the other could say, look what I did because nobody was laying hands on it. It was just people worshiping and the Spirit of God moved and touched and changed and healed and ministered to people's needs. Y'all, I've, I've seen that happen. I, I've got stories that I can tell. I've been on the mission field in, in Indonesia and the Lord healed a blind girl that couldn't see and opened her eyes. These are not just things that I've read about God doing through somebody else. I've seen it happen in my own life, in my own ministry. I'm going to tell you these stories in, just in hopes of building your faith to say, God, if you can do it for him and you can do it for her, then I'm going to lean into you and I'm going to ask you to guide me in my decisions this week, in my business, in my job, and how I love my spouse and how I train and teach and correct my children. God, help me to be a better man. Help me to be a better dad. Help me to be a godly businessman in this community. Help me to be an influencer for the kingdom of God. Man, what it, what it would be if we would just lean into the unlimited resource of the Holy Spirit who is here with us, ready to show up and show out in your life. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Musicians, come back this morning, if you would please. Number nine, and I'm finished. The Spirit distributes the gifts according to God's will. 
It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The King James says it this way. He says that the Spirit gives severally to each man, and that's not gender specific, that's mankind, so it's male, female. He gives severally as he wills. Everybody say several. What does several mean? Several means at least two or three. So what I'm telling you is that you may not even know it right now, but if the Holy Spirit is resident in your life, He brought with Him two or three gifts that He intends to show you in your journey to grow your faith so that you can glorify Jesus, build up the body, and help others. It's not so you can start a ministry. It's so you can help others. It's not so you can call people and gather a little flock around yourself. It's so you can help others. It's so we can learn to be interdependent in the body of Christ. There's an analogy that's there that I'm not going to take time to read this morning because I don't have the time. But Paul takes the rest of the chapter in 1 Corinthians 12 and he talks about the one body and the many parts. 1 Corinthians 12 through 27. He says, you know, there's one body, but there are many parts that make up this body. What if the whole body was just one part? What if the whole body were, were an eye? Where would the seeing be? What if the whole body were an ear? Where would the smelling be? The head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. And there are parts that we cover, but that we protect because they're important. There are parts that are visible, that sometimes because we have visible ministries on a stage and maybe we might be likened to the hand, and it's visible and it's doing a lot of outward work. I want to tell you something. This, this is worthless if it doesn't have this backing it. If I don't have a brain behind the hand that's, that's actively guiding me to do what I'm supposed to do. So there's always somebody else that you're interdependent on in the body of Christ. And nobody in the room so good that you got it all yourself. Somebody else has got a piece of the pie that you need. And don't have so much pride that you aren't willing to go like I did between services and say, brothers, help me. Do, do, do I need to adjust anything? Was everything clear? Did, did, did I bring that in such a way that you felt like I, I called a brother this week, dear, dear friend to me. And I said, what'd you think about it? And he, he gave me some constructive criticism. And I, I, I love that. I love that because my, my soul and my heart is to help you get inspired in faith, but it's also to teach you how to think. Not tell you what to think, but teach you how to think, how to open the Word. And it's, it, it amazes me that some churches are just so all about studying the Bible, but that don't ever stand up and start to practice what they're reading. The Bible is an owner's manual. You've got one in your car right now. I don't, I don't know about you, but you know, I'm, I'm a nerd. I, I'm the weird guy that I get a new car and I'm excited and I actually read my owner's manual. My last one came online. It came as an ebook. And, and you know, you can laugh all you want to. When you get a new vehicle, it's got all this jacked up new technology on it. You can sit there and play with it and try it and it not work, but you can, you can actually just get the book out and open it in chapter and verse and you can go, oh, that's how that works. Well, folks, that's what the Bible's for. But you know what? You don't just read your owner's manual and never get in the car and drive it. 
The Bible is your owner's manual for life. And what I'm showing you right here is you've got some revved up power tools on your dashboard. There's a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and there's faith and there's miracles and there's discerning of spirits and, and there's prophecy and there's gifts of healings. That God wants to take you on a journey and set your life on fire and blow your mind. Hallelujah. And He'll even let you drive fast once in a while and enjoy it and get the wind in your hair and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting on out of the spirit in my flesh now. Let me stop. Are you, have you got anything out of this this morning? We're, we're going to sing a song, and I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to do our fresh start differently this morning than we normally do. And 